Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the WFI podcast. With the transfer window uh, slamming shut this week, we're going to take a quick look and a, a, a resume of uh, all the transfers that took place. Uh, joining us tonight on the pod, uh, I'm pleased to announce, as always, I've got my co-host Armando Angulo. Welcome Armando. Hey Dave, how you doing? All good man. Uh, and, and I'm delighted to say I'm joined this evening as well, uh, far away from me in Malaysia there, Leroy Ma, who's going to be talking through the transfers with us. Welcome, Leroy. Hey, guys. Um, it's early, early in the morning here, but but glad to be on the, the World Football Index podcast. I've been looking forward to it. Here, we're delighted to have you. Delighted to have you on. And last but certainly not least, a bit of a coup for us, we have Mr. Dave Hendrick from the Anfield Indrax, who is a font of knowledge on such uh, such matters as transfers. You're very welcome on the pod with us, Dave. Cheers, mate. Lovely to be on. Um, looking forward to having a, a nice non-Liverpool chat, which will be a, a nice change of pace. Indeed it will, but uh, I think we're just going to jump straight on in. And, and really, I think we're, we're going to start, first of all, not with a transfer that happened, but maybe the transfer that didn't happen. Um, in the form of David De Gea with Manchester United and uh, Real Madrid. Uh, two mammoth clubs with one gargantuan fuck-up, I think is the best way of, of describing it. And, and I think I'll, I'll let uh, Dave have a crack at this one first. Dave, what did you make of all that? It seems just all a bit surreal in this day and age. It's 2015 and, you know, formats of computers not working and, and so on. What, what did you make of it all? The cynic in me suggests it was done on purpose. United have made a mess of what could have been an excellent transfer window for them. They made a really good start to it. They got the pie in, then they got Darmian, and then obviously they got the two um, the two midfielders, Schneidlin and Schweinsteiger. It was a bit of a gap there, but they were pushing on, and they were probably another attacker and a centre-back away from having a really good team. The issue obviously was, would De Gea stay or go? And he'd made it clear to them, from about February onwards, that he was going to leave at the end of this contract. He didn't have any interest in extending. He wanted to leave. Real had made it known that they wanted him. So United knew what the situation was, but United wanted a holdout for some ludicrous price or maybe a deal where he went to Real um, with a bunch of cash and Gareth Bale came in the opposite direction. The Bale thing obviously didn't pan out <clears throat> with Benitez taking over and, and making Bale a, you know, a focal point of his new team so United have known that De Gea wanted to go United knew they had to get someone in to replace him Keylor Navas is a good goalkeeper but he's a long way short in, in more ways than one of David De Gea so I get the imp- I just looking at this I, I think United may have done it on purpose if they didn't, it's just embarrassing. It's it's amateur. It reminds me of when you know they met with the wrong agents of uh, of Ander Herrera a couple of years ago. It, it's it does bring questions onto how they operate, regardless of whether it was on purpose or not. There is questions to be asked there. Both are very amateurish, um, kind of you know sets of behaviour. 
But the other way to look at it is it is they now have him for the next six months. They will be able to sell him in January and they can now go and put a deal in place to buy a replacement in January, get someone in that they want, maybe a Timo Horn from uh, Cologne or somebody like that who could come in and replace him. And if they can get his head on straight, he's one of the best goalkeepers in the world. So in that way, it really does help them because Sergio Romero, all due respect, is a fine goalkeeper. He isn't cut out to play as first choice for one of the top teams in the Premier League. And they were going to be short in that position. So while, yes, it's amateurish and we can laugh at them, I still look at it and think, you know what, they, maybe they've done the best thing they possibly could have there, either by accident or by design. Because if De Gea is De Gea that we've seen the last 18 months, that's a hell of a goalkeeper. No, I hear you on that. I'm just wondering, you know, what you said, hell of a goalkeeper in the last 18 months. What will this, what effect will this have on his head? You, you know what I mean? Do, do you, for example, do you see him starting against Liverpool? Do you see him getting the start there? And if he does, you know, I know that with the Euros coming up, he wants to be the Spanish number one goalkeeper. Um, you know, so he's, he, it's in his best interest to perform. But, but where will his head be at, Dave? Well, that's it. You see... I look at De Gea and I, I do see a very level-headed player. And I do think he will focus on the Euros and being Spain's number one. Iker Casillas is going to be playing every week for Porto. So if Casillas is in form and De Gea is not playing, then it's an easy decision. You go with Casillas. But if they're both playing and both at the top of their game, then De Gea is the better keeper in 2015. So if Van Hal can, you know, get him settled again and say to him, look, just give us the six months. You can go in January. We'll go and agree a deal with Real now and have it all in place. Just, you know, give us what you have for six months. It, I, I, to be honest, I don't think he'll be much of an issue. I don't think he'll start against Liverpool. Um, it might just come a little bit too soon, although the international break does help them. But I... I do think within the next three games, he'll be back between the sticks for United. And I don't think it'll take a long time before he's, you know, he's back in his best form. That's cool. Leroy, I'm going to swing across to you just quickly. Uh, what, what do you make of this uh, debacle that went on with United? Uh, uh, what, what, what's your thoughts on it? I don't think uh, United actually really got the, the worst end of it. Um, they could just very easily keep um, De Gea for the next six months or maybe the next year even. And I think sooner or later he's bound to start again for United, and and he's gonna put in a good a good performance as as you know as we all know how 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 good he is and um his goalkeeping skills is something that United need especially, so he they can just play him for the next six months or the next twelve months and then sell him on the big fee again, and this six months to twelve months time they have a lot of time to to find a replacement like they've said about Timo Horn. I personally think they might go for someone like Loris, but I think as as a whole, I'm the person that I feel a bit. Uh, I guess uh, the person that I pity the most is actually Kelenawas. He's actually he was actually looking forward to the United move and and things like that. And when it all fell through, it's it's just a, a little bit sad for him. You know, the whole the whole club had to go and console him a bit, and he was fine to. To come back to Real Madrid and and gonna and he's gonna, he's looking forward to the season and and yeah I think Kaelin Navas got the worst end of it and uh, I I can see why people think United actually screwed up a bit but yeah it's just it's just it's just totally embarrassing in my opinion it it's it's the age of technology and to have a transfer fail because of I guess technology issues it is it, just funny it's just funny and embarrassing and just shocking in my opinion. No, I think for 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 all opposing supporters, we get we get a bit of a crack out of it. You know, uh, it is quite, it, it is quite funny, but mm-hmm. but there is a ser- serious side to it. You know, obviously the player is going to be gutted. You know, you have to feel for the guy. He's a wonderful player, regardless of what what rivalries may exist. I, I, like really and truly, United wouldn't be in fourth place if it was had it not been for him last season. Armando, yep. is there anything you you want to add into into this? Uh, anything more on the De Gea thing before we get into the actual transfers that did happen? 
Um, I mean, for me on my end, I'm going to echo a lot of the sentiments that Dave and Leroy have. I mean, but I, I agree with Dave in the sense that I'm a little bit of a cynic too. And some something doesn't add up to me to be in this day and age and, and for something like this to, you know, not go through over something so, I don't know, basic like that. It's just something that I can't accept as not being, you know, on purpose. And if it's on purpose that it's smart by United, they need a better goalkeeper than uh, Sergio Romero. And, and, and that's their guy. And he has proved that he's worth, you know, last season alone, he got them 20 plus points by himself. So I think, you know, it's a move that they had to make under the circumstances. And I do think that it was, you know, the cynic in me says that more than likely it wasn't an accident completely. No, I hear you on that. Um, we'll stay with you because I know that you're, you've been quite excited recently with, uh, with some of the Mexicans on the move. Uh, um, Javier Hernandez actually moved from United uh, to Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, tell, us what, tell us what you saw in the transfer window from, from your side of things, Armando, and, and what impressed you. Well, for me, you know, like you said, a lot of Mexicans were on the move, whether it was, uh, you know, Porto's always busy. They, they've recently always, you know, have had a, a heavy Mexican influence with uh, Hector Herrera, Diego Reyes in the past. And he actually went on loan to Real Sociedad to join Carlos Vela. And that's a good move for him. He's already se seems to be settling in there nicely. And, and he wasn't getting first team minutes at Porto. So that's something nice to see for Diego Reyes and for La Selección. You know, he's going to be a big component for us going forward. And I do like his game. You know, also Porto brought in Miguel Ayun from Watford he scored Watford's first goal this season and he, he plays left wing back mainly for, for Mexico but I think and he plays in the midfield for Watford or he did and I think this is a good addition for them too and it's a loan with option to buy and if he can prove and cement his place with the fellow Mexicans that are there then it'll be good for him Porto also brought in Jesus Tecatito Corona from Twente and he's a very exciting player I think he's probably one of the most talented if not the most talented uh, young Mexican talent out there and and uh, it's going to be good to see him get first team minutes it's going to be good to see him thrive there and get a chance to be put on display in the Champions League and that's something that I'm very excited to to look for and I'm looking forward to. Uh, Hector Moreno went to PSV, and, and that's a, a big move. He joined uh, Andres Guardado there, who who had such a huge impact on PSV last season. Who you know, and he, he's now permanently there. And, and Hector Moreno, I, I expect to have a big impact there too, and, and make his name in the Dutch league. And that's something I'm really excited about. But I think the biggest name is Javier Hernandez, and, and Chicharito's going to Leverkusen, and that's a move that I think as a Mexico supporter, it, it, it's. It's something that I'm really excited for him and excited about for La Selección because Chicharito is a goal scorer. There's no doubt about it. We've seen it in the Premier League. We've seen it when he was at Real Madrid, although he had a small sample size, his goal scoring record per 90 minutes was better than Luis Suarez and Karim Benzema. So it doesn't matter. He scores goals and he's going to do the same at Leverkusen. His style, their style of play suits his style of play and it's going to be a, a good match, I think, for him. Also, uh, you know, and then there's other moves like Giovanni Dos Santos coming to the LA Galaxy. And that's a move that's a little controversial because people are, aren't sure if, if he'll still get the call-up. And it's proven to be true because in the first call-up since then, he didn't get the call, although under an interim manager for Mexico right now. So there's a lot of shakeup going on. And, and that's not to mention what's going on uh, in Liga MX or, or on this side of the world in the MLS, too. No, I agree with you, Armando. Um, Hernandez represents value for money for, for, for Leverkusen. Um, you know, I've seen him a few times play and, and he's a real decent player. Um, uh, you know, at that price, 7.3 million, I would consider that a bit of a steal. Would you agree with me? Yeah, absolutely. They're going to get a lot of bang for their buck. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the top five goal scorers in the, in the Bundesliga this season, to be quite honest. Okay, cool. And, and just sticking with you, um, you know, I know you're, you're very keen on the MLS. Uh, what about the transfers that come in from Europe there? Uh, what, what kind of an impact have those guys been making? And I take it the Americans are quite happy with what they've got. Yeah, absolutely. I would have to say that the biggest winner in the transfer market is is uh, the North American game and, and football and soccer as it's growing here. We're getting to see the likes of Pirlo, you know, Gerard, Lampard, uh, players like Iraola um, from from Athletic Bilbao, who's now at uh, at New York City FC. Um, Giovanni Dos Santos, as I mentioned, Jovinko, who's having, you know, playing lights out football out there at uh, Toronto. And, and then there's other players that aren't at that in that stratosphere, like Sebastian Leggett, who's who's a phenomenal player, came from West Ham to the LA Galaxy, and he's proven to be the engine, the force, the motor, and he's proven to probably be the most valuable player in that Galaxy team, who who probably not many know about. And and, and it's about time he's opening some eyes. And and Sebastian Legette should be making his way to the U.S. men's national team roster. You know, 
within the next couple call-ups because Jurgen Kingsman can't, can't keep ignoring his talents. No, and, and I was watching, actually, I was watching the Galaxy uh, against New York game, and like, David Villa still looks like the business. You know, I know it's a, 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 a slower pace and less physicality, but David Villa still looks the business. Yeah, and he has a mean streak in him. He's actually recently spoke out of how like he can't do it by himself, and it's kind of true. New York City FC spent a lot of money. They're kind of struggling, and uh, it's just the type of player they brought. They're not meshing well. David Villa has been there since since the beginning of the season. You know, he's grown with the players there, and and Pirlo's come in. He's you know he's Pirlo. He's you're not gonna he's not gonna run around. He's not gonna make tackles. That's not his game. And it's New York City. It's humid. It's a whole different level of conditioning. And I think a lot of these players that are coming over here to this side of the world are real that and and it, it's gonna take some time and I think maybe uh not all of them you know adapt right away but David Villa is one that's really speaking out on this and he's really you know putting his passion and his effort into New York City FC and he's really carrying the you know carrying the torch for them okay um Leroy uh have you have you any anything to add there on what Armando was saying uh have you any eyes on on any of the moves that uh that Armando was talking about anything you want to add um no nothing much I think I think Armando did brilliantly to cover the MLS it's it's a it's a growing league it's always growing every every season we've seen uh the likes of Lampard and David Silva and uh, I mean David Villa and uh, even in the past, uh, David Beckham going to MLS, but now it seems like players are just moving to the MLS left and right. It's uh, it, it's filled with so many past uh, Premier League players, especially like uh, Drogba is there now, uh, Gerard is there, uh, e- even someone like Sean Wright Phillips is there. And then you have the likes of Andrea Pirlo, um, Giovanni Dos Santos, as uh, Armando was, was talking about. And I think Tranquilo uh, Barneta also moved there from Schalke. So... It's just a bunch of European players going to the MLS and it's doing nothing but uh, helping the league grow. And, and it's brilliant to see because the MLS is, is still in its early stages of, um, I, I guess, since its inception. So, yeah, it's, it's great to see. It's, it's, it's always great to see football um, evolving in any country, regardless of how big the, the league is or how competitive it is. So, yeah, nothing much to add because I think Armando actually covered it pretty well there. No, indeed, and and you know, Armando's spoken in these pods before about the you know how organised football is becoming and the stadiums are purpose built and whatnot. Now, you know, obviously with with, with Gerard moving, I, I've started to take an interest in this league, and you know, it's an entertaining league. I, I'm I'm quite sort of taken by it, um, and and I hope that it does, um, you know, continue to go from strength to strength. But I know that you're you're, you're more keen, Leroy, to, to talk through some of maybe the, the the transfers in Europe. So I'm going to throw the floor open to you. You can you can talk us through what what's impressed you and what you think maybe value for money and some of the best deals that were done. Uh, go go ahead. Yeah, I think I I, th- I think um, what's interesting about this uh, this transfer window for me personally, it's it's how how involved the Eredivisie is. It's um it's crazy how how many clubs are buying from the Eredivisie now and yeah there, there are a few transfers that, that I, I, I would personally personally want to recommend to, to watch so there's someone like Mark Wolf from Hirenwin moving to Hoffenheim for like 3 million euros or something like that it's it's crazy because you're paying 3 million euros for someone who scored 15 goals last season for in uh, for Hirenwin in the Eredivisie and that's that's money if uh value for money right there. Then you have someone like Ricardo Kishnard, one of the brightest talents uh for the Oranye. And he moved to Lazio for about the same price, maybe four million euros with uh without bonuses. And and yeah, it's it's crazy how how people are actually missing these kind of deals because the Eredivisie is has so much talent. The the league focuses on the technical ability of the player rather than 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 tactics. So regardless of where you throw the player in, all he needs is just tactical coaching because the technical ability is right there. So, and for for so many players, you can just get them for 3 million euros, 5 million euros, 7 million euros. And I think the, that, that is crazy value right there. I think the most expensive player that moved was uh, Jorginho Wijnaldum, who moved to Newcastle for, for double digits. Even Jordi Classy moved for like 10, 10 million pounds to Southampton from Feyenoord. So, so yeah, th- those are some of the transfers um, around in and around the Eredivisie moving out from the Eredivisie, from from out from Holland. So, 
yeah, that's just a few people I just want to mention. No, and, and when you you know when you can start to consider the vast amount of money and like you know the Premier League this year in England, like mm-hmm. it was obnoxious the amount of money that, that has been spent there. And and from what you're saying, you know the Dutch league is a much more conservative. You know they they look for their bargains to develop their players. Uh, is, is that really a fair comment there? Yeah, definitely because um, the Eredivisie undoubtedly it's it is it's a league that's missing the money, but. Is in a good in in a way it's good because the money is not ruining the the league there as many would say, and a lot of the coaches there focus on the Eredivisie and getting into European football like in the Champions League or the Europa League even though they might not do well, but they recognize that it's great experience for their for their young players and they do just enough to 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 keep float, so so yeah I I think the money. Shouldn't shouldn't touch the Eredivisie in a way because it might affect the development of players, especially when clubs start to buy players um abroad. Then their young players do not develop. So imagine AX buying, let's say five players from abroad to start in their first team. Then then where 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 do their their youth talent go? Do they go back to AX two? Do they go to to the lower leagues in 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 Dutch football? That would only Make the make make the the league digress and even make the the national team um, decline possibly. So so yeah, I I think I think people would want to go to the Eredivisie and and get the steals and and get all the the young players, the cheap players there, and try to develop them into top players. And we've seen that happen so many times with Klaasian Huntela, with Ian Robin, with uh the even the court with. Um, Robin Van Persie, especially, I think that's the biggest one. So overall, I think, I think, yeah, people want to go there for for the bargain buys for sure. Leroy, I had a question on a certain Dutch player who who uh, who made the move over to England this year, Jordi Klassy. Um I know he's injured and stuff, but on, in the long term scale of things, how good of a move do you think that is for Southampton and for Jordi Klassy's career? I'm a huge fan of Jordi Klassy, so so it's definitely a good move. Um, I guess the only thing I can knock is that he moved to Southampton and not Liverpool. But as a whole, I think I think Jordi Klasi, he's going to be a great player. People doubt him because he's he's a he's a bit of a small size player. I think sort of like a Joe Allen, you could say. But you just cannot doubt his technical ability. He he sees things before um before others can see. He can pick up passes that. You know, you can you can compare them, compare the way he pick up passes like like to Steven Gerrard or Andrea Pirlo, to be honest. And not only on the attacking end is he really good, but even on the defensive end, he covers the back line so well. He fills in gaps. He he does what a, a true combative midfielder does, despite his size. And he's really really intelligent, and he he's tactically astute, and that's what makes him such a good player. Is the intelligence he knows what players would generally do in different situations and he reacts to it really well and the execution is is nothing it, it it's able to meet meet up to the expectation as well anything else you want to ask uh, armando no man leroy did a great job thanks leroy indeed and, and you know I, i'm an admirer of the dutch league because you know young players do get the chance we see too many players coming to the premier league the bigger leagues and they just don't get the chance to play first team football and, and you know they get farmed out and loaned to, to lesser clubs and, and and it's just nice to see one league at least giving them a chance across to mr hendrick dave what have you made of the transfer window what have been your highlights and and, and what would cause you any concerns um just to jump back on a couple of people that were already mentioned armando mentioned diego reyes uh, i absolutely love him i think he could potentially be the next great defensive midfielder if he was put in that position and allowed to play there full time. He gets jumped around too much. He's a really good centre back as well. Um but I just I think he's a phenomenal defensive midfielder. I saw him play there a couple of times over the years and he is like it's like watching a young Sergio Busquets. He is phenomenal. And the way he it's not just his ability to shield the defence. He's a big guy, he's about six foot four, so he goes up for corners. But you should see this guy track runners when like off clearances of of his attacking corners, he tracks runners literally to to his own end line. It's just f- phenomenal to watch. He is a fantastic player, and he's so comfortable with yeah. the ball. Oh, it's yeah. ridiculous! Like, oh, absolutely, yeah. like you'll see this him dribbling by people. 
if I was Liverpool manager, he would probably be the first player I'd buy. That's a great shout, Dave. I've been saying the DM for him for quite some time. I've been shouting these shouts, so that's fantastic, yes. man. That's a great that's shout. Tremendous, and I, I think I actually think going to play for Moyes will help him because I think Moyes has done good work with defensive midfielders in the past. Um, so I think he'll do quite well at Sociedad. Uh, Leroy mentioned Jordy Classy. I, you can't but adore that guy. He is, he's like a cross between Mascherano and Javi. He thinks he's six foot five. He is an absolutely fearless. He will go head first into everything, but give him the ball at his feet and he can just make things tick. A tremendous player. I think Southampton have gotten the bargain of, of the English transfer market right there. Um, another one, obviously, that came from Holland to the Premier League, Memphis Depay. I think he's going to be an absolute superstar. And I couldn't agree more with what you guys are saying about the Dutch league being a real hotbed for talent. And like for me, you know, if you're ever advising a young player from, you know, if you look at the leagues, you say your your first top tier leagues are, you know, England, Germany, Spain, Italy and France are kind of on the bubble. Your second tier then is like Russia, Portugal, Holland, etc. Then you've got the third tier leagues. Any super talented young player in any of the third tier leagues who's looking to make the next step in their career, you couldn't. You could advise them to go nowhere else but Holland, um, the especially Ajax and PSV and Feyenoord. They, you know, they all develop talent really well. I think Twente do a great job as well. The Dutch league is just—it's fantastic. The amount of talent that comes out of there, um, and it, you know, the, the quality of football is is quite good. It's it's to be you know be appreciated. Um, in terms of transfers that I've really liked this summer, I love the signing of Julian Draxler by Wolfsburg to sell Kevin De Bruyne who is a tremendous player and get Julian Draxler for about two fifths of the money is just phenomenal business because for me as good as De Bruyne is I think Draxler's a lot more talented I think he's the most talented of all the German players under the age of 25 and if you look through the list that there's quite a few top end players on that list I think Draxler's a special special player He's had a couple of injuries. That's what's held him back. That's why he's moving within Germany and not to a you know a Premier League club. And Juventus came very close to signing him, and then kind of backed away because they had some doubts on the injury front. But tremendous signing for Wolfsburg. He's going to do brilliantly there, I think, <clears throat> especially if they play him from the left because then you're you're combining him and Ricardo Rodriguez, who for me is one of the top three left backs in the world. So that could be a really special left side. The thing is, like. You always expect certain clubs to do really well in the transfer market because they just do transfers well. Juventus are one of those clubs, and if you look at what they've done over the last four to five years, it really does set them apart from most clubs. And again, I think they've had a tremendous window. Um, I love the signing of Kadira on a free. I think it's just tremendous business, and apparently the wages are not colossal, so you have to applaud them there. They've gotten a great player. I love Dybala. Great player. Um, I'm not overly keen on the Mandzukic signing, but I can see why they've done it. And they've obviously gotten Quadrado in on loan, and they've gotten Lamina in on loan. And they got they bought Alexandro, who could become one of the best left-backs in the world. So Juventus have done really well. The team for me that stand out, though, above all, Atletico Madrid... I just look at the business they've done and I'm absolutely gobsmacked that anybody can allow them to do such good business. They sell Mandzukic, who, as I said, I'm not a, not a big fan of. They sell Miranda, who's past his best. They sell Arda Turin, who, again, I, I think is just pushing past his best. And they sell Toby Alderweireld. They sold those four players for a combined fee, I think, in the region of, of about £50 million. And then you look at what they actually brought in. They brought in Jackson Martinez, just a natural goal scorer. That guy will score goals anywhere. You guys mentioned Chicharito earlier on, and I fully agreed with everything you said. If you Chicharito's a much more impressive player to watch live than he is on television because on television you don't see the movement. 
Martinez doesn't have that. He's just more of a goal threat. He's you know he's bigger, better in the air, better from distance. Chicharito's more of a you know penalty box guy, but for him, you need to watch him live because of the movement. But Martinez is a great signing. To pair with him, they went and got Luciano Vieto for about sixteen million pounds, maybe a little bit less, depending on the exchange rate. This guy is going to be a superstar. He is absolutely phenomenal. They brought in Yannick Ferrero Carrasco from AS Roma for about 12 million. Again, the potential this guy has is just ridiculous. Um, Stefan Savage, I'm not hugely keen on, but I can see why they've done it. He's, you know, he, he does have potential to be a good defender. He probably will suit the Spanish league quite well um, in, in, with his style of play. They bring back Felipe Luis, who had a year's holiday at Chelsea. Um, they bring in Bernard Mensa from uh, Vitoria. They're going to loan him out. And then, so they, they'd had a good window up to that point. And then they go out on the 28th and they bring in Cranavitter from River Plate, who is, what we've said about Classy is is relevant with this guy as well. He's one of those deep-lying playmakers who's also a defensive midfielder at heart. Um, but he's a bit more physical, a bit bigger. So he's got more of a natural physical presence about him. And they got him for an absolute bargain. They got him for five and a half million. And like to buy a player like him in the Premier League, you'll be looking at 15 easily. They've gone and gotten him in. And he just fits in with everything that they're doing. So there is the possibility that him and Koke is going to be their first choice midfield next season. And then you look at the attacking options of Martinez, Vieto, Griezmann is there. I mentioned uh, Ferreira Carrasco. It's, just terrifying how good this Atletico Madrid team is, and it's all been done on a bargain on a on a, on a, a budget. I mean, their their net spend is about fifteen million pounds, and they've massively improved their squad. They for me stand out. Um, there's a couple of other deals that I think are really good. There's a couple that aren't so good though. Um, and we'll get to them in a minute. But just the one I have to point out, I, I've just mentioned. Um, I've just mentioned Monaco and uh, Carrasco leaving to go to, to Atletico Madrid. How they have managed to get the fee they have. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Manchester United um, is just absolutely shocking to me because so while Anthony Marshall is a really really talented player that type of money is absolutely obscene I mean I know that the initial fee is only is 36 37 million but when you consider Liverpool bought Firmino for a lot less United bought Depay for less like those guys are a lot more proven than he is even though you know Depay's not a whole lot older Wijnaldum came for 14 and a half million. He's really, you know, a highly proven player. 
United have really gambled with this kid, and that's the strangest signing of the summer. One other one, actually, just before I finish up, that I really, really like, um, Southampton signing Virgil van, Virgil van Dijk from Celtic. Um, another defender came out of the Eredivisie, went to Celtic, has really impressed me up there. I think he's Holland's best defender. I think Southampton have got a bargain, and... For me, they upgraded last summer. They brought in Alderweireld to upgrade to replace Lovren. That was a huge upgrade. I think this is an upgrade in Alderweireld. I think Van Dijk, especially sitting behind Wanyama and Romeo or Classy or Ward Prowse, whatever two they put together, Wanyama will be half of it. It'll probably be Classy. Wanyama and Classy in front of Van Dijk, it's just going to be really, really impressive. Southampton have, have won the window again. Um, they won it last summer. They've won it again this summer. Dave, I'm just curious, just before you finish there, the, the Bastian Swan, what, the, what does that look like to you? I, I think that's a, a bit of a bizarre one. The Schweinsteiger deal? Yeah. It's, like, I, it's just not what you would expect. I can only assume that Bayern have decided that he's finished. There's no other reason that they'd let him go other than they think he's finished. Um, he was... A, an absolutely incredible player, truly world-class at his peak. He's been injury-plagued the last couple of years, and I, I do think they've just dumped him on United. Um, and I think I think United might get a good year, maybe a good 18 months out of him, but the back end of that contract is going to be just astronomically bad, um, in my view, because he, if you think back over Schweinsteiger's career, he, he broke through as that hard-working left-sided midfielder, kind of in a similar vein stylistically to Pavel Nedved. You know, a hard worker, but creative, could do a bit of everything. And then he transitioned into, like, that midfield general. And he always, when the going got tough, he was always the one who'd grab everybody else and kind of pulled them along. And he would run absolute miles. And if you think back to the World Cup, I mean, he got the life kicked out of him by that, you know, throughout the World Cup, but especially by the Argentine midfield. And it, it all that, that that was a typical Schweinsteiger performance. And I just think all the mileage, like you can't run forever. That's a simple fact. You can't run forever. And the mileage plus the physical abuse that he took because of his style of play, I just think it's all come together. And as as much as I would, I love him as a player, I think he's close to the end, if not at the end. And I, I think Bayern have been really clever there. No, and, and just one more I want, I want to run past you as well. There was a loan deal that came in, and, and I'm just curious on, on your thoughts on it. So loan in uh, to Sunderland of Jan M. Vila. What, what, what do you make of that? Because he was touted at one stage to be this, yeah. the, the, next best, you know, the next big thing. And he- it just never seemed to happen for him. In terms of potential, he could be anything he wants. I I still get idiots coming at me over it. I said a couple of years ago, Jan and Villa, if he, reaches his, if he keeps his head on straight and reaches his potential, he's one of the top five defensive midfielders in the world. And I stand by that. He is that talented. He is absolutely ludicrously talented. He, at 20 to 2021, was put in by Blanc as the, like, the midfield focal point for the French national team. And when you look at the talent that's in his age group and just below that the French have at their disposal, that says a hell of a lot about how good he is, especially in midfield. The long-term plan was him and Pogba. Now, consider how good Pogba is and how good you'd have to be not to look crap beside him. That says a lot. He has a terrible attitude. He doesn't seem to like hard work. Now, he's gone to the wrong club if he doesn't want to work hard because Dick Advocat will run him into the ground. Dick Advocat could be the best thing that ever happens to him, though, because he won't put up with his nonsense. He will make him work. And I've only seen one Sunderland game so far. That was against Villa, and I was impressed by by Envia. If he continues to play like that, you can be guaranteed there'll be bigger clubs back in for him next year. The whole thing with him, though, is attitude and work rate. If he keeps his attitude correct and he works hard, he is going to end up at a top club. If he doesn't, he's going to end up at clubs like Sunderland for the rest of his career. I mean, the thing is, Dave, like the Premier League this year, if you look at some of the moves that like have been made, like Jordan Shakiri signed for Stoke. 
couple of years it's ago. Incredible. This guy, incredible. Absolutely. You know, this guy was counted to be one of the best. Yeah. Yeah. Again, another player with a questionable attitude, questionable work ethic. Apparently his family have had a big say in this move to Stoke. Um, and apparently it has a lot to do with the fact that there isn't much nightlife in Stoke. So he might actually have to knuckle down and work hard. But I mean, uh, to be honest, like I looked through the moves that the big Premier League clubs have made and I'm impressed by I'm impressed by most. Um, there's a couple of deals I love. Uh, Petrocek to Arsenal, I think, is brilliant. I really like Florian Tauvon to Newcastle. I, re- I really think he's a good player. I think he's going to do well there. Mitrovic is a bit of a head case, but again, he'll do well there. And they bought Wijnaldum, and so they've they've done really well. I love the signing of Pedro by Chelsea. I don't think they needed him, but I think he I think he's brilliant. Um, Hongmin Son to Spurs though is is just he's one of those players that I would pay lots and lots of money to watch, and I've really enjoyed watching him at Leverkusen. I feel I, I, it's kind of a shame he's left because I think he would have done really well with Hernandez, but Spurs have done really well to get him. But <clears throat> you know, the thing is, and a lot of people won't like this, but people criticize Man City and say, "Oh, they're buying success, they're buying success, they're buying success." You, you can only buy players; you can't really buy success. You, you have to buy players and buy them well, and then you have to coach them well and, and manage them well to have success. So you can't buy success. You can only buy players. And while City have spent ludicrous amount of money this summer, I think they've bought, I think they've overpaid for Sterling, but I think long-term he may be worth that money. I think again, they've overpaid for De Bruyne, but long-term he's probably going to be worth that money. I love the signing of Otamendi, the best defender in La Liga last year. If he comes in and fits beside company, that defence will end all others because they will be absolutely phenomenal together. But the best deal that City have done this summer is they somehow managed to get £22 million for Alvaro Negredo from Valencia because when they lent him to Valencia last year, they put in some mental um, agreement that Valencia had to buy him regardless of how badly he played. And I thought he was pretty terrible last season and City have managed to get a fortune for him. So... You know, people would criticise City and, and laugh at them and say, oh, they've bought the success. They haven't. They've bought really well in the market. And they also sell quite well in the market. You know, they, they tend to, to sell players on and get money. Um, I think City have, have done really well. Delph, Delph is due the signing they've made. And while he's not going to pull up any trees, he fits in instead of, he's you know, he's an average Premier League player. He fills the void left by James Milner for the average midfielder can play a few positions and fills the quota of, of English players required. No, I hear you on that. I, I, I want to come across to Leroy. Leroy, have you anything to add or anything you want to ask Dave about what he's been saying? Uh, you can feel free there. I think I think they've covered so many players that, that I was going to cover, like um, Matthias uh, Krenovita. I, I think he's a, he's a splendid talent and um, I, I know Dave's a massive fan of him and Atletico Madrid really got a gem in him. He's he's gonna be he's gonna be their, their one of their best players for the next maybe uh five five to seven years if he develops well. And and yeah, I, I really like that shout. I also really like um Dave mentioning about Juventus and I think they did a really good job as well. Maybe Mandzukic is a bit of an iffy iffy kind of uh, transfer, but if he's replacing Fernando Lorente and not replacing Carlos Tevez, I can see why they did it. Um. Yeah, but apart from that, I think I think they've really hit the nail on the head on so many of the of the players there. So so I I really have nothing much to add. Can I just add oh, the stra- the strangest transfer of the summer is Adel Trapped from QPR <laughs> to Benfica. <laughs> Somebody at Benfica is smoking copious amounts of high grade marijuana. <laughs> if they have looked at footage of Adel Trapped and thought, yeah he's the guy for us because he's the most selfish, lazy, frustrating player possibly in the history of the Premier League. Like he's Balotelli times 10. He, it, it's ridiculous that they've signed him. Absolutely ridiculous. They've made some strange moves this summer. They've made some good ones as well. But he is just mental. Absolutely off the reservation mental. I actually want to ask you guys both, Dave and Leroy, and you, Dave, too. Um, 
what are you guys' thoughts on Arsenal staying packed and not really making too much noise, you know, in the transfer window? Um, they haven't exactly hit the ground running and they haven't been on fire to start the season. Do you, I mean, I think they could have used, you know, some assurance in defense and maybe in the midfield. What do you, you guys' thoughts yeah, on that? Yeah, I, I, I think it's, first, it's, not, it's not foreign to, yeah. to Arsenal fans that Wenger is someone who, who will really stay true to his word. If he really thinks that his team is good enough for, for the rest of the season, he will stick with his guts. There's no such thing as panic buys for, for Wenger for the most part, I guess. And yeah, I I definitely agree with you. They definitely, they are crying out for centre-backs. They are crying out for midfielders. And um, and yeah, I, I think Arsenal fans have been calling for Benzema. And while he's a great player, I think... I think Giroud is going to have a good season uh, this time around if if they play if, if they play him well. So I, I don't really see the need for for a centre forward for for Arsenal, but for the most part, I think Wenger really needed to get a centre back at the very least. Um, Koscielny is is probably fifty fifty. He's sort of like their version of Skirtle in a way. He could actually he could put in a good game every now and then, but he could also put in a really horrible game at times. Uh, Mertesacker is. He's sort of um in heading towards his twilight years of his career. He's still a very good defender in my opinion, but sometimes there are teams who would take advantage of that and really target and, and really target motorcycle dead on and, and that's where the, the he gets exposed and he gets uh, found out. And then there's uh Gabriel who's who's still pretty good, I think, but he's still very new to the league as well. Uh yeah, I think maybe they could have done with a centre back or maybe they could have done with a with a, another midfielder. But I think Peter Cech is there to to really help out in the long term. They they've not really got a really reliable keeper for a really long time. And Peter Cech, even though he's not been too reliable in the first four games, but I can see him coming out and turning out really well for them. And if if he plays to his Chelsea standards, I think Arsenal are, could be pretty fine. Like I said, they could do with a centre back, but I think for the most part, they'll still get top four regardless. Wenger, Wenger just knows how to place his players, you know. Yeah, I mean, Wenger will get them top four. Um, yeah. The mm-hmm. players are largely irrelevant. I, I I love the signing of Czech, and I agree with Leroy. He's had a bit of a shaky start, but I think that's only natural. He's spent the last, what, 12 years playing behind John Terry. He's yeah. now learning to play behind a different defence. Um, I, I, I like I like Bellerin at right back a lot more than I like... Um, there are other options. I'm not a fan of Debussy at all. I think he's I think he's pretty crap. Um Mertesacker in his prime was a very, very good defender, but always lacked pace. As he's gotten slow gotten older, he's somehow managed to get slower. Um there are buildings that overtake him now as he walks to the shop. Um Kashelny for me is just the weirdest player around in terms of how Fans of his own club view him as opposed to how the rest of the world views him. He's, as Leroy said, he's capable of being brilliant. And then he's capable of being absolutely awful. He can't defend when the ball is played in behind him. He has no concept of how to defend when he's facing his own goal. Um, I've, I've seen Arsenal fans refer to him as the doctor of defending. And I can only surmise that perhaps they're referring to some sort of Harold Shipman club. Um, because he just the guy is lacks a lot of the basics. He he will have a good run of games, and then he'll just absolutely shit the bed. Uh, the the partnership with him and Murtasaka tends to work pretty well, um, because they cover a lot of each other's weaknesses. But as he gets more injury plagued, and Murtasaka gets it more injury prone or gets gets older and more injury prone, there's going to be issues there. I like Gabriel. I thought he had a really good game against Liverpool. Benteke didn't get much against him. Um, but yeah, they, they needed a centre back. I think they're pretty set at left back. I would have, if I was them, I would have gone and bought a top end defensive midfielder. Now they think Cockayne can develop into that. I'm not so sure. I think he lacks kind of you know a few of the basics, but he's a decent enough player. I disagree with Leroy. I think they badly needed a, a 20 goal a season striker. Giroud is a fine player. But he's not a top four caliber starting player in my view. Um, Welbeck certainly isn't. And Theo Walcott, the idea that he's a striker is just laughable at this stage. He, you're a winger chap. Go and play on the wing. You're fast. And if you weren't fast, you wouldn't be a professional football player. 
So I think they needed a striker. I think the key for them, though, is whether or not Oxlade-Chamberlain stays fit. Because if he stays fit, he's going to be really good for them wide on the right. It allows Ramsey to play where he belongs, which is in central midfield. And then they can figure the rest out with Osel, Cazorla and Sanchez, you know, whichever two they're going to play. I don't think they can get get away with playing all three all season long. As really talented as they all are, none of them are particularly, um, shall we say, apt defensively. And oh, the, the whole concept of chasing back is just a foreign thing to Mesut Osel. He has absolutely no interest in anything that happens in his own half the field. He just wants to get the ball with his feet and create things. Cazorla will put an effort in defensively, but he's absolutely hopeless at it. Sanchez will put himself about, but again, you don't want him doing that because the chances are he'll get hurt. They probably could just play Sanchez up front. if That is probably their best option. Just play him as a false nine. Play the Ox one side and, you know, Cazorla the other and play Osel in behind and just hope that they create enough chances that they walk in two goals a game. Absolutely, man. And I was thinking the same. They could use a little firepower up front. I agree with you, Dave, completely. Uh, uh, <clears throat> I don't know how, how you know, well-versed you guys are in the Latin American game. Obviously, you guys, you know, Cranavitter was a great shout by both of you. But I thought a very surprising move for, especially on this side of the world, and for us people that follow Liga MX and, and the Mexican game, was uh, Andre Pierre Gignac coming over from Marseille to Tigres and playing in the Libertadores final and, and getting that experience. How surprised, you know, have you guys been to see the types of jumps coming, not just to MLS, but also to uh, to, to Liga MX? I'll go with you first, Mr. Karen, since you're the host of the show and, and you're down in Brazil. Well, to be honest with you, Armando, I'm I'm not. It's not a league that that I'm looking at in any any great detail. Uh, from a Latin American side, I, I do want. I, I make no excuse about this. I, I want to, to to bring up the the uh, the Kennedy transfer from Fluminense to Chelsea, which, to be honest with you, sort of slightly baffled me a little bit. Um, you you know, Fluminense have two excellent, really excellent young players in uh, Kennedy and Gerson. But it's widely accepted that Gerson is the much, much superior player and, and, and has, you know, much more longevity and, and the potential would be much higher. And I really don't get this move to Chelsea. I, I, I know that, you know, Tim Vickery, who, who, who we quote on this, uh, on this show quite a bit. Um, you know, I remember listening to him on a podcast and he was just like, you know, really he didn't get the hype over Kennedy when Gerson was the player that, that they should have been looking for. And Chelsea had been, had been tracking Kennedy. For some time, you know, he's very, very young. Um, and, and who's to say what way it'll go? We don't know what they paid for him. Um, it's, it's pretty much undisclosed. Even, even here in Brazil, um, the, the news agencies didn't uh, come up with any form of even a, a ballpark figure for him. Um, I would like to know in the future, you know, how much they did pay for him. And, and also where he's going to fit in there, um, given their history of, of buying these players and loaning them out. Um, I, I just be, I just don't I don't know what to make of that one, uh, Armando, and that's really the only um, that's the only Latin American sort of transfer that that that, that, I, that I really want to comment on this one. It, it it just doesn't make sense to me, and I'm just curious if if any of the other guys, yourself or Dave or or, or Leroy, have have seen or heard of him. It's difficult to see him. He, he's he's only played a few games for Fluminense, um, but just the, the thinking on that. Uh, I, I, I'll be honest, I'd seen him twice and when I heard Chelsea had signed him, I thought it was a mistake. I just assumed that it was somebody else, that maybe it was some kid from the academy with the same name or that it was Gerson and they'd just gotten the names wrong. Um, I certainly don't understand the move at all. But Chelsea have been doing this thing of stockpiling Brazilian players and I just wonder if maybe it's some sort of nudge-nudge, wink-wink deal where... They've paid a little more for him to secure some sort of option on Gerson, you know, or somebody else that's there that they like, or if it's just some sort of thing with some agent who's done them a favor because that's, you know, kind of prevalent in the game. Now, just to go back to the player Armando mentioned, Gezinyak, I-, I was pleasantly surprised to see him go to Liga MX. I'll be honest, I like the move. I'm not a big fan of him as a player, but I, I, I think he fits in well in, in that league. I watch a little bit of it. It's it's not something, it's not easy to watch here because the time differences and different things. Um, from what I have seen, I think it's a, a stronger league than the MLS. I think 
there are some really talented young players obviously coming from Mexico. I mean, Armando, you listed a couple of them earlier on. It's a league on the up. It's a league that there's some decent money in as well. So, you know, you you can see why players are attracted to go there. There is, you know, there is the potential to earn good money. And, you know, you're not going to be living in squalor. You know, you're going to be living a, a nice life over there with great weather and that. So, I can see a couple more players maybe making that kind of move rather than the MLS, rather than Australia. I can see it becoming a league as well where players <coughs> who've hit the 30 mark and maybe, you know, are, are um, you know, on the downturn of their career, they could go to Liga MX for, you know, two years, make some money, enjoy life and, and play some good football. Absolutely, Dave. You know what? I think that Liga MX is really going to become a destination for a lot of players coming over. And it's nice to see somebody that still, you know, has a lot to offer the game come over. You know, Uchi came over as well from Villarreal. Javier Aquino came back to Liga MX. And it's something that we'd like to see. And, and, and as a fan of the league, I get to watch it a lot. I get to watch, you know, most of the teams. And, and it's really nice to see this type of player. And Jinyak has fit in seamlessly. And he's scoring a lot of goals now that he's comfortable and settled. And it's nice to see. Leroy, what are your thoughts, man, on the Latin American game? Uh, to be honest, it, it's, it's really hard for me to watch. I mean, um, the time difference, especially. So what I get, the, at the most I get is reruns or highlights. Um, the last player that I watched from, from Mexico is actually someone that I know you love as well, is Hector Herrera, coming up from, from Mexico. And, and he's going to Porto. He went to Porto and, and did a great job there and then did really well for the Mexican team as well. Um, yeah, but to be honest, it, it's pretty hard to to catch the MLS and the and the Liga Mex- and, and the Mexican league because because of the time difference. But it's not impossible for sure. Um, I think it's a it's definitely a league that's growing. It's it's a league that can actually attract players. As they've said, if more players go to to Mexico instead of MLS, then I I think I I think the league is definitely gonna grow. The MLS is already growing at the at at a crazy crazy pace. If you ask me, so. Yeah, the the Liga MX can definitely can definitely benefit from that as well. No, that's cool, Leroy. Uh, as I say, time has marched on. As a chance, we could sit here and talk about about this all night. Uh, well, haven't even, well, haven't even got round to talking about um, Bayern Munich, who 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 did some well, I believe did some great business. But listen, moving swiftly along, um, and I'm going to come to Leroy first. Uh, as always on on the WFI pod, we do our nominations for the the World Football Index Top 100. Um, any player still playing the game, any league, anywhere, it just it, whatever player you you like, you can nominate for the Top 100. Who have you decided, Leroy, and your reasons for it? I think um, it's a bit hard to to fit him in the Top 100, but I would like to nominate uh, Anwar Al Ghazi from from AX. He had a great season uh, last time around, uh, last season. But he's just kicking it off again this season. It's crazy. He scored on his on the first game of of the season. He scored another the other uh, just just on the weekend. He's he's a crazy player. I mean, AX has have been famed for for bringing up young talent, uh, you know. And in recent years, I think everyone looked at the Ericsson, the the Alderweireld, the um Victor Fischers, and and things like that. But Andre Algazi came out almost out of nowhere and he's already kicking it off and he's sort of like the main, the superstar in, in AX. So he's really good on the ball. He's really good off the ball. He can play players in. He can take things uh, by the horns on his own. I think he's a really good player. It might be a bit hard to fit him in the top 100, but but there you go. No, that's, that's a decent shout um, and, and a great addition as well. Dave, what have you got for us? I'm sure you've got something interesting. Well, <laughs> as people who, who follow me on Twitter may know, I have a slight um, affinity for defensive midfielders and uh, people of that ilk. But um, so, so I'm always sort of on the lookout for, you know, a good young defensive midfielder who could do a job for a club that maybe plays in Merseyside in red jerseys because, uh, you know, the manager seems to be afraid to sign one. Um, but the one I'm just going to name, I think he's the second best defensive midfielder in the Premier League after uh, after Matic is Victor Wanyama. Um, a lot of people get in his case and say he can't pass the ball. They say he's just a you know a big wardrobe of a player. But if you actually watch him play, um, he's he's pretty phenomenal. Um, if you go and watch, just go and watch his performances for Celtic against Barcelona. 
and then find me any individual performances against that Barcelona team, which is arguably the greatest club side ever assembled, um, that come close to it because what he did to them in the Champions League was was almost unfair. It was like you know when the big brother comes out to play with all the little kids. It was kind of like watching that. He was just phenomenal for his age. He's twenty three. Um, his positional sense is just off the charts. His uh, understanding and reading of the game, his positional awareness, his awareness of space, his tackling, they're just, literally, they're off the charts at how good he is in those areas. And he's an underrated passer of the ball. When he keeps it simple, he's a really good passer of the ball. He does get ideas about himself. I think, you know, I think all players want to be, you know, an expansive passing midfielder. And Wanyama's no different, but when he keeps it short and simple, his passing rating is, you know, is is well over 80%. It's just when he decides to to go along that it it falls apart. But he he would be the one for me. I just, if I'm thinking of my top defensive midfielders in the world, he's, you know, he's well up there. He's without doubt the second best in the Premier League. He's made Dejan Lovren look like a, a, you know, a a competent football player. Um, which says it all. I think he's made Schneidlin look a lot better than he is as well. Uh, I think Schneidlin will have some issues without him. Um, and I think we we talked at the very start about transfers that didn't happen and, and two others that didn't happen. Wanyama was one he wanted out of Southampton. He put in a formal transfer request. And Spurs apparently made a you know a huge offer, but Southampton said no. So, you know, it twenty million and Lamella apparently that's you're probably looking at thirty five million there. That shows how highly he is rated by a manager who knows him well in Pochettino. So for me, you know, Wanyam is the one I'd like to have included. No, I couldn't disagree with anything you said. And, and, and as you say, like you, you think of the amount of money that that has passed between a certain club that plays in red and Southampton Football Club, and we seem to miss the crown jewels of their team. We we, we bought the stupid ones, if you will. Um, no, it's a, it's a totally great shout, Armando. Who do you have for us this week? Actually, it was somebody that me and Dave both talked about for a little while, and that's Diego Reyes. Uh, I, I'm expecting big things from Diego Reyes yes, and David yes. Moyes and at Real Sociedad. And I, I think, uh, you know, Diego Reyes has a lot to gain and a lot to prove out there, especially for La Selección and cement his place there. And hopefully with the new manager coming into the El Tri as well uh, in the near future, we can push him forward and, and ha- see him in that defensive midfield role. So that's my shout for the top 100 right there. I, I love that shout. Absolutely love it. I'm going to be a bit sneaky with mine. Uh, I'm going for Rivaldo because Ooh. he's still going to be play- Oh, he's still playing. Oh, he's yes. Play- oh, my <laughs> he's God. He's still okay. playing down Sal contra Sal. Um, I think he's going to retire at the end of this season in Brazil. But, you, you know, you pick it up. I've seen him play the odd game. You know, he's, what, 43 now. Him and his son play for the same team. It's a bit of a sort of fairy story. After all that he's done in world football, what a player. What an absolute superstar. Um, you know, I've got the opportunity to sneak him in, so so I think it's a decent shout. I think we'll all agree on that one. Yep. Based on body of work, which is what you should really base a lot of these things on, there's absolutely no doubt that he belongs because, he, as you said, what a player he was. He was just on a level also. There's, in the last 20 years, there's probably been five or six players that were on the level he was on um, that's a tremendous shout. No, I will say, and and you know, it's sad. You know, he's he's playing very much. It's, it's Serie B here that he plays in in Brazil, and sadly, the, the, the couple of occasions that they've come up to play here, um, he hasn't travelled with the squad. I I've never seen. I would love to see him play. You know, before he he, he retired, but it, by the looks of it, here I'm not going to get that opportunity, which is which is quite sad. But listen, gents, we have marched on with time and we've waffled and spouted and. Shouted, <laughs> and it's about time we need to bring it to an end. Uh, I'd just like to thank uh, all of you for appearing. And, and we were saying beforehand, uh, from Malaysia through to LA, we have a 17-hour time difference from uh, from Malaysia to Ireland to Brazil to, to, to Los Angeles. 
Uh, I think we're groundbreaking in this pod. Uh, certainly, we're, we're broken times time zone records. I think uh, with this. But listen, anyhow, thanks so much for everyone for appearing and, and taking the time, and, as I say, it, on, on a godly hours of day and night to, to come on this pod. Can't thank you enough, gents. I've been your host, Dave Caron, and as I say, we'll, we should be back next week with, uh, with What Makes Greatness with Joe Cousins, and hopefully you'll join us for that. But from everyone here at WFI, thank you for listening as always, and good night. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 